Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, and of course, that's Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, so, you know, we have a lot of listeners who check us out from really all across the world, and we certainly appreciate the feedback that we get. And uh, one listener in particular decided to reach out and had a topic for us. Her name is Tracy Buckner, and she's out of the Detroit area. And Tracy said to me, I want you guys to talk about this one word. And I was like, "Uh, are you going to give me any more than that? She's like, no, I trust what you guys are going to do with it. (laughs) So here it is. She wants us to talk about timing. Wow. Yeah, timing. So let's see where this goes. Thoughts about timing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm like, uh. That's a broad topic, but let's go for it. Okay, so, so, so when she says timing, she's talking about timing. But first of all, let's start here. Timing is really everything. Yes. You can do the right thing at the wrong time, and the right thing can seem like the wrong thing. Wow. You can do the, you can uh, uh, attempt the thing that you were called to do mm-hmm. at the wrong timing, prematurely, right. and it seemed like maybe I, tried to, I need to do something else, when in, when in reality you were doing the right thing, but it wasn't the right time for it. So I'm gonna go here, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna just go, and you have to reel me in because you know go I'll get for it. For it. Okay, so so in our, our lives are really divided into three major parts. The first part is is, is our learning, the the second part is earning, and then the third part is returning. Okay. And so so what uh, the the rule simply is when you're supposed to be learning, don't try to be earning. You got it. And when it's time to be returning, your focus can't be primarily on earning. Right. Now, how do I know the difference? And when is that time in each person's life? It depends on the person. Really, it does. It depends. There are some people who are late bloomers. In other words, they don't get it till they are old enough to get it. There are right, some right. people who get who learn lessons in high school that, and other people learn those same lessons in their thirties. Right. It makes you a late bloomer. And so, um, timing as it relates to God is a strategic thing. Um, in Abraham's life, God calls him at seventy-five, mm-hmm. but for a priest. His service ended when he was 50. Wow. So, so it depends on what God called you to be. Are, are you, do you uh, classify or qualify as a prophet, priest, or king? And, and I say mm. that because under the Old Covenant, when, when, uh, the Old Covenant is primarily our example of what, how God deals with people. Under the Old Covenant, you could be a prophet from a young age, but you have to sit under the, the tutelage of, of older prophets. Um, as a priest, you became a priest because your daddy was a priest. If your daddy wasn't a priest, you couldn't be a priest. Gotcha. It's, it's the same thing with a king. You have to be born into a royal lineage. And then the timing had to do with some, the timing had to do with, uh, with what age you were. Um, or, or another 
It depends on your, your, your um, the lineage that you were in. It depends on who died. Mm. And, and um, or when you were needed, you know. So timing is, is a very complicated topic. It's a, a single word that has a lot of meaning. And so in the body of Christ today, when we speak of timing, we would, um, most of us will point to the scripture where Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has put on his own authority. We're saying that the, the, um, they're strategic moments that only God knows about and they're different in different people's lives. And then the Psalmist David said in a prayer, he said, um, a prayer of trust. He said, my times are in your hand. So when we start dealing with timing, you, you, there's a lot of things that go that have to be involved in. When we, what do you mean when you say timing? What are you talking about? Are you talking about what what uh, is your vocation? What's your occupation? Or stepping out, shutting down? I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a pretty powerful topic, and as you mentioned it. Uh, you said some really powerful things. And then there are some things that I'm thinking about societally that a lot and, and socially, really, that a lot of um, believers and non-believers and millennials and different age groups struggle with. For instance, there's this thing that they call FOMO, the fear of missing out. Right. You know, and this whole idea that, you know, man, if I'm not there, I'm going to miss this or I'm, it's like we, we live our lives on that on that edge that says the next thing could be the thing yeah and and sometimes sometimes that works to our detriment because yeah. we feel like if i can't be there then i'm gonna miss that appointment or i'm gonna miss that connection um and it causes perhaps maybe even uh regret or or feelings that we probably shouldn't be dealing with uh if it wasn't our time to be uh, connected to a certain thing, right? You, you know, Gerard. What I think uh, concerning what you just, what you just said is that people need to understand, especially people who are committed believers, that is, it does you no good to be in other people's faces unless you've spent time in God's face. Oh wow, that's good. Oh. Your face becomes recognizable as the answer to people's problems, or the answer to their questions, the, the, the uh, solution to their problems. When you've spent time in God's face, he makes you recognizable. There's a favor on you that, that will cause people to seek you out. And, and I, I make no mistake about it, it, you can't stay at home and be discovered. That's right. not that, Usually you have, you have to be out there, for lack of a better term, hobnobbing, connecting. But then even as it relates to your timing and what you're called to do and, and being favored and discovered, you cannot go with the, 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 the notion that all your connections are for your benefit. That's that's using people. Um, yeah. That's that's trying to, to to get on a platform. Sometimes um, you, the timing in your life to do something great is not that I get on a platform; is that I build a platform. Right. You know, so you have to discern from your time in the presence of the Lord: Are you a platform builder? Because if you're a platform builder, you cannot spend your time being a platform seeker. Right. Oh, okay. The, the, uh, another an, a modern term for platform seeker is opportunist right right and so my i got to make sure my connections are pure that my connections are, are authentic they're deep they're, they're not just wide they're deep that my relationships are real that i could be much of uh, as much of a benefit to others as i need people to be a benefit to me right. um i remember a prominent minister said to me one time when we connected i was so honored to meet him and to know him and to be his friend 
And he said to me, he said, Hart, he's an older minister. He said, Hart, you need to understand something. God never connects two pipes for water to flow in one direction. He said, God wants, God wants, um, I'm, I'm going to be a blessing to you, but you're going to be a blessing to me too. And he wasn't just talking about giving an offerings. What he was talking about was, I had something from my experience with God that will benefit his perspective in life. And even the, at the point where he was in ministry. Wow. Ooh, that's good. This is really good. And but but I think that's necessary because I think in our culture we are so accustomed to being the hero of the story and the main character in the story that every prophecy we hear has got to be about how we're going to be better every word we hear you know has to be about how we're going to be this and we're going to be that and we rarely do think about uh the cycle that's involved in this you know the fact that someone laid the groundwork for us and that we are to lay the groundwork for someone to come behind us um i want to go back to the the piece you talked about with the learning earning and returning which i thought was really really powerful uh how do you recognize the state that you're in because i think depending upon what it is that you're doing it's possible that you could be in multiple states at the same time that's powerful i was going to speak to that okay. um it, the normal flow of those three states is that they have to overlap Wow. Sometimes for as long as, and I'm just throwing a number out there, you may be in, in overlapping seasons for a decade. Wow. Where you're learning and you're earning. And as a matter of fact, I'll say this. The people who are most effective never leave the first state. Wow. It's just not emphasized as the primary purpose in, in my in my present existence so I, I start out learning and and what happens i think this is the powerful thing you're not you're not going to become effective in the third state of returning until you understand the value of the first two states for example it, it the, the time i spent let's be honest when we went through our first 12 years of school most of us were so glad to get out of high school. We didn't even know the value of learning. We just wanted to get out of, you know. Absolutely. And and even for those of us who did undergraduate or even graduate school, a lot of people you have, you have a PhD and you still don't see the value of learning. Right. Right. So so what happens? What normally begins to happen is when a person, the earlier I grasp the value of learning, then the better things I would learn and the more thoroughly I would learn them. Okay, and then from there, it, it, it pushed me in the marketplace to be a higher earner. So, mm -hmm. I, but, but then being a higher earner, it's a very competitive market. So I have to keep learning to, for my earning to either be steady or to continue to increase. Yeah. My learning is constant. My earning is steady and growing. And now I get to a place where I have an abundance of, of resources. I can be now returning, giving back to the community, giving back to people, giving people a chance. People who are in the first and second stages, I'm, I'm becoming a resource to them. But while I'm still learning, earning, and now I'm in returning stage. So you're right. They do, they do overlap. But I wish, you know what I wish, Gerard? I wish someone at a young age had told me this that I'm, I'm telling the listeners right now. Right. I learned this in my in my middle 40s. Mm -hmm. And so and it's critical and, and it's possible if you don't if you don't respect these three major seasons of life or learning, earning and returning, you could be in a season of earning envying a person who's, who's just in the in the season of earning and wondering why they're not helping you. 
It's because wow. they have not reached this. They're not yet prepared or come to the place in their life where they've learned to value returning or even enter the stage where they're supposed to be returning. Wow. That's heavy. That's really, really heavy. But you're right. That That is what causes a lot of envy because we're looking at someone else and you know people blame social media all the time i don't know that i blame social media but i do know that social media is great for showing our wins and not our losses and so in so doing it will make you think that you're not where you're supposed to be or you're behind schedule or you know we love making these comparisons with people well how are they getting this and and we love this line i know i'm living better than them which yeah. i don't know how we know that but <laughs> you know i mean so it, it it really does create an interesting scenario for us creating some emotions for us to deal with that perhaps we wouldn't have to if we were honest enough to be able to embrace these particular concepts uh, that you're sharing relative to this. I want to ask you this because I think one of the things that a lot of people uh, struggle with is when it comes to timing, knowing when to leave a thing and embark upon something new. Um, and I have thoughts on this, but I'm really intrigued. How do you recognize when it's time to leave? Mm. You know, I, I think you have to, you, it's a real relationship with God. You have to discern those moments. But I'm going to tell you this. It's a critical thing that every person who um, is in the earth understand that you were born to be one thing, but to do many things. Wow. You, you remember when God was speaking to Jeremiah and Jeremiah 1, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Yeah. And, and, and he basically what God told Jeremiah was, you were born to be a prophet. But in the context of you being a prophet, here's what you're going to do. You're going to build up. You're going to tear down. You're gonna, and he, he gave him a list of things that he, and, and there weren't specific, uh, specific um, times that he would be doing certain things. He's just saying in the context of who you are, these are the things you're going to do in your lifetime. Yeah. And I think, I think that we, be, we have to begin with the notion that I was born to be one thing and I'm going to die when I'm done being mm -hmm. that one thing but in the context of that i could do i could really do anything i desire as long as it's, it's not outside of the boundaries of the of the um of the of not not say the plan of god or the will of god but the the or the morality of god in other words i'm not gonna i, I could have a business mind but i ain't gonna sell drugs you see what i'm saying right. Right. right, but but in the context of that also as well is that um I have to I have to be able to discern or measure my gifting, I I have to be honest with myself. I think motive is everything. Why am I there? Why am I staying there? And watch this. Am I there because I believe God, or am I there because I don't believe God? And let me give you a revelation of a difference. Am I there because I believe God wants me there? Or am I there because I don't believe that God could take me anywhere else? Wow. Because the reality of the matter comes down to this. If anywhere that I stay in fear becomes a toxic place for me. My goodness. And the timing, and a lot of people, you know, many times, uh, I, I preached a message this past weekend in the, in the Alabama campuses, and I was talking to them about how um, um, 
we don't understand when Jesus was talking to his disciples about going to the other side. The Bible said he turns to his disciples and he said, um, let us pass over to the other side. And the word pass over, um, dear Kamai, in, 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 the, in the Greek is a word that means let's go through something to get to the next side. The fact that he chose that word, he could have chosen seven different words and he chose that word. And nobody asked him, well, what we got to go through? They thought he was just using a synonym like we often do. He just picked a word in the Greek. Greek is not his, and he just picked a word. Now, this is interesting. So they get on the boat. He goes to the back part of the ship. He goes to sleep. Well, while he's sleeping, a storm arises. But he has said to them, let's go to the other side. What was on the other side? There was a man who was there living in the tombs, cutting himself and crying because he's in a terrible state. His life is a mess. And they're going, to the, they're going through to the other side to get him free. Um, and so what happens to us, and, and I've said this, is that uh, Peter, of course, you know, they woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? And the Lord is like, he, he calms the storm. He said, why didn't you do it? Right. You, have, you have the authority to, to calm the storm. And, and I will share with them how a lot, there are a lot of people who are working jobs and you're in places right now that you, you're not even qualified to be. God put you there. God opened the door for you, and, and um, you're there for, for God's purpose. Whenever God puts you somewhere you're not supposed to be, don't think he's just doing it because he, he wants to promote you. Promotion comes from the Lord. Hi, yeah, yeah. No. He put, <laughs> right. No, he put you there because he needed a voice there. So you cannot be in that place a silent prophet. Mm. You, you cannot be in that place and not be doing the will of God. You cannot be there, being there saying, well, you know, I've been working this job for a long time, and they only pay me X amount of dollars, and I think I can make more. Wait a minute. First of all, you wouldn't even qualify to be on that job. Right. Making the money you made. What you deserve, really, if you're going by deserves, is you deserve to be on one of them jobs at McDonald's, but God saw fit to open the door for you and qualify you to be there. And and, and now you the experience that you have, watch this, all the experience you have is from working at that place you're complaining about. Right. So it means that God put you there for a reason. The question is motive. motive. Why did God put you there? Ask him, God, why am I here? Because the, the quicker you get to the bottom of why God puts you in a situation or God, why God has you in a situation is the faster you get out of it if needs be. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. And now... A word from our sponsor. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Heart Ramsey. Yeah. To receive this encouragement on a daily basis, download the NCC Family app available in the app stores for Apple and Google Play. Once again, to receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift, simply download the free NCC Family app available in the app stores for iTunes and Google Play. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Yo. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. I know you're going to dig this. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. That's that's really, really, really good. Uh, (laughs) And it's good because, you know, one of the things I thought about, which is funny, is having been on some corporate jobs, it's often amazing to me that you you would think 
that at the corporate job, the highest performers or the highest producers would be believers. But oftentimes, believers are at the low end of the totem pole when it comes to production. And it's not necessarily because um, they're being asked to do uh, immoral or illegal things. It's often because they have not, to your point, discovered why they're supposed to be there. And so they will just do just enough to get by collect a check you know and figure out how they can have bible study on their lunch break right when <laughs> when the reality of it is you know i think we have to understand what representing god in the workplace looks like because to the to the untrained eye you would think oh I'm supposed to go there and get everybody saved so i'm gonna have prayer during breaks and we're gonna have a bible study group but i think it's more effective when you're actually a great performer there and you don't get into any sort of trouble and you show up on time and you can be dependable and and you can uh, position yourself properly to be promoted. And then people ask the question, well, there's something special about you. Right. I don't think there's anything special about being a low performer intentionally. Right. You, you know, first of all, th- Gerard, this is so good what you're saying. I'm going to show you something that's powerful. I just, someone just wrote me about this just within the last 72 hours. Are you serious? You, they, wow. um, they, their belief is um, that they're there to get everyone saved. Saints of God, hear me right now. If God puts you in a work environment where the people are not born again, nine times out of ten, you're not there for everyone. You're there for someone. Right. You're not there for everyone. And so you you have to act, let the Holy Spirit make the connections for you, because because if there's ten people in there, then you need to take for, for granted that at least five of them are there to resist you. <laughs> True. And you may be there to grab one or two, mm-hmm. but remember, everyone you grab, they have a family, they're connected. Uh, as as it relates to the performance that, that uh, uh, Gerard was just talking about, and you you hit it uh, on the head. Look at Joseph's story in Genesis thirty nine. He was he didn't he didn't share Christ with no one. The Bible says that, or he didn't share God with anyone. Potiphar recognized that the Spirit of God was with him because of the kind of job he was doing. That's right. And and what he was doing pointed back to who he who he is. He was he is is his is be who is his being was the main thing. And so Potiphar gave him everything to do, several things he was given to do because of who he is or who he was. Right. And that's what happens that needs to happen to believers. One of the biggest things I see that traps people in seasons too long is that is is there is this over exaggerated belief that God is always talking to them. Mm. Listen to me. I had a, I had someone I was talking to someone the other day and they come tell me, Well, I don't post anything on social media but what God told me to. I said, Well, you know what? Then you should be pastoring me because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now. I can't say that. Right. And that's not it's not true. To think right. that everything you post is spirit led, man, you're not Jesus. Nope. And, and, and it's those kind of deceptions, those subtle little deceptions that we keep telling ourselves, well, uh, I, I, I don't, this, the person, the same person said to me, um, um, I'm here because the Lord wants me here. And when God tells me to leave, I'm going to leave. No, that's not really what the deal is. Most, if, if, because this very, the, the person I was talking to, and I'm not thrown off, but I'm saying this, I'm, I'm using this as a case in point to help our audience. You need to understand this person is not well to do. Mm-hmm. This person may have a min, they may have a minimum wage job. They're struggling financially and in other ways as well. So it can't be that, the, stop telling yourself it's God, but the Lord's telling me this and the Lord's telling me this. No, if God was talking to you the way you say he's talking to you, you'd be further along. Right. You'd be further along. All these prophets right here talking about, I, I, I know what the Lord is saying. Okay, well, <laughs> why you didn't win the lottery then? Why you, 
There was a mi- there was a billion six on the line. They, why did God didn't give you the numbers? <laughs> right. Okay, I'm clowning now. But but my point, my, you see, my point, my point is, I think sometimes we give ourselves too much credit and, and humility in this area. Um, um, Jehoshaphat told the Lord, man, I don't know what to do. Jehoshaphat's father was King Asa, who who led a million, who who uh, fought a million man army, just like Jehoshaphat was facing. But he didn't even take for granted that he could do what his daddy did. He told the Lord, he said, all these people are coming against us. And he said, and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Right. And I think it comes down to this issue of, of kind of having a humble um, vision of yourself. Saying, God, I'm here at this job. Um, all I want to do, I want to do a good job for you. So that if, if they come and say to me that, you know what, man, you you came on this job. You didn't even, you had to be trained here. And look how quickly you've learned. And then you can truly say, you know what? The Holy Spirit really helped me catch on quickly. That's right. a, that's that's the, the, the extended version of to God be the glory. Exactly. Instead of every time we say, well, you know, to God be the glory. No, what about the, what about the, I'm learning quickly because every time you teach me something I take it home and I pray and I talk to God about it and the Holy Spirit and they may be uncomfortable by your true statement but they'll discern that you're not just saying religious platitudes you're mm-hmm. actually believing that you are led of the Spirit of God and that gives God an entrance right. to say something to this person about their own lives right now I, I think that that is is so pivotal that we forget you know that before we get the opportunity to introduce spiritual concepts to people there has to be trust involved and at the workplace they can't trust you if you don't perform or if you I seem mean, weird <laughs> exactly and, and it gives them even more reason to fire you right you, you know? know but gerard you know here's the thing you, you hit it on the head you you're hyper spiritual but you're a poor performer how does that work? <laughs> right. I mean, come on here. It's it's it it would think about how we would not deem God to be credible if he always gave us super spiritual concepts but we had no production to look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it so if if he just gave us all these spiritual concepts but there was no earth to look at, there was no proof of all the things that he's already done which makes the spiritual concepts make sense, then why would we even remotely trust him? And so I don't understand why for so many of us, and it's funny, this is the narrative we create. We create a narrative where, first of all, this is hilarious, we'll pray and, and folks will even go on social media and say, hey, I got this big job interview or this super important meeting, throw up a prayer for me and all the things that we say. Then we put out the congratulatory post, we got the job. And then we go on the job and don't perform. Right. And then we get fired. And then we want to blame the devil because we got fired because we didn't do the job we were supposed to do that we said was a blessing. Well, let me, but Gerard, you know what? As, as a, an employer, I've experienced that. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> I've, exper- I've experienced people who, who, um, who are super spiritual but, but lazy. Or can't yeah. be led, or, or 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 don't work well with others, and and, and um, I'm talking about offended. They, they, when you have to let them go, they're so offended, and they don't realize that they're sabotaging themselves right. because their spirituality does not translate to good job performance. Right. Which then makes me wonder if it's even real spirituality. And it's not. It's false. But you know what, though, I blame. I don't blame the. Now this is where I shift my my um, perspective. I don't blame a lot of people for being hyper spiritual because in most church environments, if you're not hyper spiritual, you're not even accepted. 
Exactly. So, they, so pe- some people don't even want, and, and let me tell you something, true deep spirituality takes time. It so and most people have to, they fake it because they want to be accepted immediately. So what I think we need to do in church is we need to change the criteria from um, a person having to be deeply spiritual for us to accept them to just a person just being loved and accepted because they're in Christ. Right. You know, nurture right. them into, into spiritual depth, nurture them into spiritual growth and allow them to be as human as they as they need to be or as human as they are in the moment and not fake anything. Let the let the authentic work of God take its place in their lives. It's incredible. It's an incredibly powerful thought that I think more of us need to adopt. And certainly, again, as we're looking at this issue of timing, which I think is a, a very broad but a great issue to discuss, um, you know, this issue of timing becomes interesting, whether it's looking at jobs or even looking, and I know a lot of our uh, single folks uh, have asked this question, when is it time for me to get married? When is it time for me to have a spouse? Um, how does one know the right timing for something like that because certainly you know both in and out of the body of christ folks are uh, as they used to say on the people's court taking matters into their own hands and um you know and it's producing some rather unique results how will a person know when the time is right for them to be in relationship i think you have to get a sense of when you've come to the end of a season um, th- there's a level of discomfort that you experience. Like, uh, like, uh, first of all, it begins here. Learn to appreciate the value of the season you in. For example, yes. make a list instead of making a list of the things you want in a mate. Why not make a list of the things you enjoy about being single? That's good. What about what about I get to go home and I get to have Adam and Eve day with nobody there to Listen. tell me nothing? What about I could do I could have eccentric ways at home? I could I could watch television all through the night. I could you know when, when, I, when I first married my wife she would kill me for saying this. She had this little habit that she would do right, mm-hmm. uh, and I noticed when I was dating her she used to do it. She would have the television on in the house with the volume turned all the way down. When? That was weird to me, and so because my thing is the television gonna be on. I want to hear what they're saying. Right. So, but that was something that she developed in her singleness. Okay. Okay. And so, um, and so when we got married, and whenever she would do it, I would challenge it, <laughs> and I like, are you done being single? Because that's a single. <laughs> Make a list of the things that you love about being in the in the state or, or status or condition you're in right now, and then. Make another list of what you what you're missing that you wish you had, and but you will tell when one season ends and the other begins. Like for example, there's a lot of people who are saying they want to be a pastor, only because only because they want independence. They they won't they don't want to be told what to do anymore. But being being a pastor is not the way to become independent. Because here's what I've learned, um, I I was I, there was a less demand on me when I was working for a pastor than when I became a pastor. Absolutely. People, listen, you can't just say, well, I just, uh, uh, there are a lot of people who, who are, I know a lot of preachers who, who became pastors. They chose to become pastors because they weren't given enough uh, opportunities to preach. Mm. 
Man, if that's the case, then all you have to do is be in your church, serve your man of God, and, and set up an itinerary of preaching engagements in different places and get permission or, or however you, the function of your church is. Um, let your pastor know you're going to be over here, over there, preaching, and just make sure you don't conflict when, you, when you're supposed to be serving. But don't right. just start a whole work. You're going to go start a whole church because you... No, you, you're putting yourself in a position, and, and I'm counseling pastors now, right now, who are pastoring churches that they started... And it's like to kill them. Wow. And it's the same thing that people. Who, uh, I, was, I heard a young lady say to me recently. She said, "She said I don't. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, Pastor. I wasn't ready." I said, "How's marriage? I wasn't ready. I was okay. I wasn't ready. There's no getting out of it now. What you gonna do?" Right. <laughs> She's married to a great guy, but the whole thing is, is that she wasn't. She wasn't finished with her independence. Mm. And the, anything that you, that anything that you're not finished with, from your last state in life. And you bring to your new state, it can cost you. It can cost you that state. That's the truth. If you still want to be independent, like 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 the brothers, I'm gonna tell you something. You can't have a list of of of, of women in your phone talking about oh, they're my God. friends, and take that into into your into your marriage state because that's that 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 time is over. Yes, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I hope I didn't get anybody in trouble. No, no, I think you helped a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> because the tr but here's the thing though, and it's funny that we're talking about this because these are the things that people don't hear. You know, yeah. people and and I don't want to blame people, but I do think that one of the images that the church celebrates, they celebrate marriage so much and singleness isn't celebrated. That again, people, you know, kind of an untaught culture is, oh, well, I need to hurry up and get married because, you know, it's better to marry than to burn. And, you know, all the. <sighs> okay. Listen to me. First marriage. Of all, no, listen is, to me. Gerard, let me help you. Let me help you, you, do, out. It. you do it. <laughs> let me help you out, okay? <laughs> Two thirds of the New Testament was married, was, was written by a single man. There. Mm. Okay, so, so marriage is good. Marriage is good, but you better be called to it. This is true. What were you saying? I interrupted you. What you no, 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 no. That's almost another podcast. We, we, we ought to do one one day about marriage isn't for everybody. Oh, yeah. The, the problem is, is that a lot of people are not disciplined. And, and as we yeah. uh, revisit the, the topic of timing, mm -hmm. is that um, what, what, what we should consider more than whether I should be single or whether I should be married. And for some married people, whether I should get divorced. I think what we should be considering is, have I been immature too long? Ooh. Have I been in this spiritual state too long? Mm. Because to me, there's a time, you know, um, in Galatians 4, one of the powerful statements that, that Paul made in his writings to the, uh, uh, to the Galatians, he said, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. In other words, when everything was pro properly organized, everything was in place, when, when it was time for it, when it, at the proper timing, God sent his son. And when Jesus came, everything was just right for it. Yeah. And that's when we talk about proper timing, we talk about when everything is just right. So it has to be the right amount of pain, the right amount of um, necessity, the right amount of resources. And, and, and it doesn't mean more. Sometimes it means less. Sometimes God has to drain your life before he gives you the next thing. Other times he has to build you up before he gives you the next thing. And and often you, don't, you can't tell the difference between which one is necessary. So God is the one that's governing your life you have to acknowledge him you have to trust him you have to continually talk to him about the times of your life about the timing of your life 
about your marriage, about your about your, your wedding. And, and, and this is a big issue. Someone said to me, they said, Pastor, uh, I think I married the wrong person. I said, well, well the way marriage works, it's kind of hard to marry the wrong person because marriage is not about the right person. It's about the covenant. But mm. I, now, now I want to add this. But some people do marry for the wrong reason. Some people do marry um, um, what I call unequally. They, they marry people. A donkey don't marry an ox. Wow. The Bible actually says you can't yoke a donkey and, and, and oxen together because they work differently. Because they're just not the same. And, and and so they'll get to a certain point where they realize that it's not changing because you can't make a you, a donkey cannot turn an ox into a donkey and an ox can't turn a donkey into an ox. Mm. And so at some point you be in a, a marriage and you go you know this is not working it's literally killing me it's breaking my neck and now you have to ask God how do I fix this because right. because the the, the the miracle of God is that He can make the two one He can do something miraculous if both mm. hearts are open to it. Right. You know, but even that has a timing. I hope I didn't just confuse the issue. And I'm not. I'm not <laughs> advocating for divorce. I'm, what I'm advocating for is that if you if you miss your timing and you do things for the wrong motive, you could put yourself in a position that could delay your next season. Right. Woo. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. How did we get here? We out here on an island know. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's a good topic. It's broad. Just, I mean, you start yeah. talking about timing, man. This is just amazing things that can come to light in this. Absolutely. It is really a powerful subject. And I'm I'm glad that she sent this one in. And if you guys have a topic that you'd like for us to address, super easy to do that. You can hit us up certainly on any of the social media uh, spots and you can use the hashtag on course or the hashtag heart to heart that's h-a-r-t the number two h-e-a-r-t let us know what your topic is what you'd like for us to talk about and uh we'll address it on a future episode i think that'll be a whole lot of fun i hope you guys gathered something as we talked about timing we hit a lot for a lot of different folks so i hope you found yourself in this conversation certainly we want you to share that with your friends and loved ones and uh be sure to do that and you can rate it Download, subscribe uh, to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play and join us the next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.